Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, joined by special guest Drew Steele, who you might know is at Scooter Toots on Twitter. And the Knicks win 115 to 109 over the Washington Wizards. They're down by almost 20 in this game, but Julius Randle comes through with 46 huge points. Jalen Brunson comes through in the clutch with a big layup. Josh Hart with some key hustle plays and a bunch more next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up and tucks left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. And of course, if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. Or if you're on your favorite podcast app, hit the subscribe button and the auto download function so you never miss an episode. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief at Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And I'm joined by one of my good buddies from The Strickland, Drew Steele, Scooter Toots, you might know him as on Twitter, uh, an analytics extraordinaire, uh, analytics guru extraordinaire. I guess that would be the way to put it. Uh, anyway, Drew, how you doing? How you enjoying life after this this Nick's win to bring us back from the All-Star? I was stressed, man. I was stressed. The... Uh watching that game i haven't i haven't felt like that in a while like watching a uh like a dicks game be like i want them to win you know it's tense um it's not like it's not like oh my god there was like so much egregious stuff where i could just be upset about it was just like it was just a good game yeah and it was fun just to watch them uh pull it out it was great. yeah it was it was funny like we were talking in our strickland discord at one point and i had made a tweet like off our strickland account that implied a win uh with like <laughs> like i don't know 15 seconds left of game time and the knicks are up four and uh colin loring our our friend at the strickland was like alex you jinxed it and i'm like i was thinking yeah. about it and i was like man it's so weird because like this team now like i trusted them in that moment yeah. i was like you know what i think they've got this they've got a four point lead with 15 seconds to go now did that work out when they did it against dallas not so much but that was a freak situation and honestly like this team you know i'm starting to trust them more and more it's starting to feel like the knicks are a a team that you could just always trust to be in every game part of the reason for that of course is julius randall if he plays like he did in this game the guy was i mean on freaking real i mean 46 points uh 16 of 29 shooting 7 of 14 from three 7 of 7 from the free throw line which might be the most astounding stat out mm-hmm. of all those stats because that's and he made his he made his last two at the end of the game made his last two in crunch time 
I mean, the guy was just all over the place. And Drew, the most impressive thing to me about Randall's game in this one was not just the 46 points, but how he took over this game in the second quarter, because I think that was where this game was won for the Knicks. That was where they said, yes, collectively as a team, we can win this game. Like Porzingis had 19 points in the first quarter for the Wizards. And then Julius in the second quarter switches on to Porzingis as his defensive assignment. He first mm-hmm. off helps shut down Porzingis on one end. And then mm-hmm. on the other end was like, I'm going to treat this guy like barbecue chicken and just absolutely destroy him. And yep. did that on the other end finished like at one point, uh, two straight dunks, which again, you know, has been like mm-hmm. this cool underrated thing that Julius is doing way more of this year, but finishes these two huge dunks and then uh, goes for like this beautiful reverse layup brings the Knicks within a few points at halftime. And like, I think that made all the difference because then that carried over, they go on an eight Oh run to start the the third quarter. And then they were kind of off to the races and were able to just kind of finish this game off. It felt like Randall literally like flipped the switch in the second quarter. Like it, it looked like there was like an on off switch that the Knicks pulled off. In uh in the second quarter, which I really enjoyed because the first quarter, it was just you know Wizards just hitting threes. That's really all it was. Like it wasn't anything like the Knicks weren't like miscommunicating that much. Sure, they could have closed out a little harder, but it wasn't anything like egregious mm-hmm. with like the defense. They were just hitting threes at an insane clip, and then Randall's like, "Nah, I got this," and just took over the game, and it was really fun to watch. Like. I'm not used to watch like we aren't really used to watching like guys take over like that like you know since like Carmelo like you just <laughs> we just don't see that. I I was literally about to say it felt very like Carmelo at his absolute best like it you know because Carmelo didn't come without his his flaws as well obviously but like when he was at his best like the fifty points on all jumpers game or like the. <laughs> That's that's one of my favorite games. Yeah, I mean, it was just that's what it felt like for Randall, except for he was doing it his his own special way, which was just like bullying his way inside and shooting threes at a ridiculous clip. No one could stop him. No one could stop him. He's. I think he's finally registered that he's the strongest person on the court, pretty much every single time, like in every single game, and he just manhandles every single body. Like you can't stop him. If he's yeah. getting to, if he wants to get to the rim, he's getting to the rim. You have to foul him, and it's really, it's just really fun to watch. Like, yeah, I don't. It's basically how we want like RJ to play, right? Just be the biggest, strongest guy in the room, and that's what Julius Randle's doing, and it's great. It's so much fun to watch. It really yeah. is because he's so agile and everything too. Now he's making threes off it. It's it was a, it was just a great Julius Randle game. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing too. Like when you talk about how strong he is, it's not even like. Like, there could be guys on the floor that are technically, like, larger than him. Like, Porzingis, yeah. for example, ha- maybe they probably are about the same strength level. Like, maybe Julius is even, like, pa- Julius pound for pound is probably stronger than Porzingis. Oh, it's, like, it's definitely stronger. Julius but, is definitely one of the strongest guys in the league. Yeah, but, like, Porzingis, like, for all the flack he got for being too weak when he was with the Knicks, has actually done quite a good job becoming, like, a sturdy seven-foot NBA body. But in mm-hmm. those scenarios where he's maybe outclassed in like length or, you know, things like that, that he can't really control. He's now got this just absolutely lethal combination of which we saw in this game of he can either just straight overpower you like we saw him do when he was generating switches late in the game against like Denny Avdia, 
who mm-hmm. he's about the same height as, but like infinitely stronger than, and he just kind of bullied guys like that. Or if he had Porzingis, then he's like, okay, well, I might not necessarily have like a like 50% strength advantage over you. So instead, I'm just going to take advantage of the fact that I'm a lot faster than you and get to the rim that way. And he's just sort of finally utilizing all these immense physical gifts that he has, which mm-hmm. in previous years, it seemed like he was more almost like Zach Randolph-esque, you know, like he seemed to want to mm-hmm. always play like lower to the ground and not super fast and, you know, just kind of like find his way to cook, you know, like with, with Zach Randolph it used to be like a, like, you know, like a face up game, like, you know, just little turnarounds and stuff like that with Randall. It was always like the mid range game and, you know, just kind of finding his way that way, which I guess is sort of mellow as too, but now he's just kind of decided like, Oh no, never mind. I, I, I'm physically gifted enough. And you know, it's, it's not like any of this is a, a departure from what we've already seen this year. Mm-mm. You know, like he's already been proving this, but it was kind of cool to see him come out post all-star break. And it's like, he even acknowledged after the game, like, yeah, I'm kind of tired. You know, like I didn't really have a weekend off, you know, everybody else got a week off. I did not, you know, I I'm still pretty wiped from going to all-star weekend, but talked mm-hmm. about how much like Kaiden and his kid liked it and everything and seemed pretty happy with the experience overall. But like, He's he's still the same dude. He's still doing the same things, and I don't know. I'm I. This game made me feel really good about the stretch run that we're about to go on because I think Brunson was a little off in this one, but to see Randall explode again like this makes me hopeful that the two of them in tandem are going to be sort of a menace the, these last twenty one games now to close out the season. I sure hope so. And I just had to Google the the weight differentials. Between Porzingis and Randall, uh, based on basketball reference, Randall weighs ten pounds more than Porzingis, so he just at has a, a, at a solid six inches smaller. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the height advantage. He's he's yeah. just bigger, faster, and stronger. Yeah, so not taller. That's it. <laughs> just not taller. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, you know that that does bring me to some other guys that I want to talk about. Uh, we have Jalen Brunson who came through with a. Fantastic clutch bucket down the stretch. Emmanuel quickly with his steady hand and defense off the bench. Josh Hart with some crazy, awesome hustle plays towards the end of the game. And R.J. Barrett, who managed to put together a pretty good game, too. Oh, and Mitchell Robinson, who's back. So there's so much. He's back, baby. Uh, So there's still so much to talk about. However, I do have to quickly remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. And I'll tell you what, better help is a perfect way to deal with that. You know, therapy can be kind of scary. Sometimes it's a tough thing to get into if it's not something that you've done before where, you know, you want to seek out a mental health professional, but you don't want to go through the process of having to go in these offices and and meet a ton of different people like social anxiety is a real thing too and that's where better help can kind of come in and help you and make the process a lot easier to find someone to speak to when you feel like you need to if you're thinking of giving therapy a try better help is a great option it's convenient flexible affordable and entirely online you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge so if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, 
com slash locked on. All right, and we're back to continue talking about this big Knicks victory. And as fun as Julius Randle was, Drew, uh, you know, I I feel like I feel so compelled for whatever reason to talk about Josh Hart next. I if you want to talk Josh about Hart. guys, I mean, if you want to talk about guys that like he didn't put up a ton on the box score, mm-hmm. like. Five points, six boards, four assists. Somehow didn't end up with a steal, even though he had so many plays that looked like steals late in the game. But to me, when things were teetering, and this was like the difference, you know, this is like I talked about in the first segment, how these Knicks are different, right? Like you could feel Mm -hmm. a little more confident in them late in the game. Josh Hart like was that thing that like pushed the meter over the edge. You know what I mean? Like he was that guy because – in this game, he just came through with these two amazing plays late, One, just pure hustle plays, you know, that were plays that he didn't die on, that he just kept saying, like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna keep tracking this ball until it's in somebody's hand, and I know that they're going to be running down the floor. Otherwise, it's fair game. And on one of them, there was a rebound uh, that he was going for. Didn't get the rebound, but forced a wizard to screw up, like, trying to mm-hmm. get it themselves, and it went out of bounds, Nick's ball. That was huge. Another one, he dives on, he like tracks the ball. And as it's going towards a crowd of wizards, he tracks it into the crowd, gets it, and then starts coming away with it and then gets fouled as mm-hmm. he's going to try to secure the ball. And those two plays were so big coming in the last couple minutes because this is, you know, this is where games are won and lost, right? Like it was close. It could have fallen apart for the Knicks. Like there was every opportunity for it to, but Hart. Just in those plays, I think I don't want to say like save the game for the Knicks or like won it for them because obviously there was, you know, Randall making free throws, Bronson making that super clutch layup, which we'll get to in a second. But mm-hmm. I freaking loved how he played down the stretch of this game, even if this was like his most underwhelming offensive game since he came to the Knicks. Like this was where he proved like this guy is probably going to play 30 minutes almost every night because he brings so many things to the floor, even if he's not scoring the ball. Yeah, it, it's just nice to have that guy who's like, I, I every loose ball is mine, or mm. every opportunity for it is mine. And you really needed that guy for this type of game, just given how physical it was and how close it was and everything. You just need that guy like that. And the Knicks haven't had that person in a long time. And it's just, it's, it's refreshing. It's just so refreshing to, uh, to watch some of these guys and watch this team play. Mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just great to watch yeah he's like like i feel like emmanuel quickly sort of fits the bill a little bit too of that same type of guy but quick also yes. is just not like i mean Hart just throws himself around so mm-hmm. much like he seems to just have no concept or care for like his yeah. own physical well-being like he's no, just not like, at all Quickly I'm, also doesn't need to because he's mm-hmm. so good. Like he doesn't literally have to like die for the ball. He's already shut down. Do you see how he cut completely shut down none on that yeah. one possession that he had for that air ball? It was just magnificent defense. Like quickly's just that good. He doesn't need quickly so good he doesn't need the hustle. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, well, he does his hustling other ways, right? Like he's he he does it all in defense, so then they don't there's not even an opportunity for a loose ball yeah, on exactly. certain possessions like that. Yeah, yeah, the, loose balls so quickly. Yeah. And the Knicks as a whole, I mean that that two-man unit of Hart and Quickly, they're going to see so many closing assignments together. I feel like mm-hmm. they're just too good to keep off the floor. 
right yeah. now. I mean, that has been one of the most natural pairings of two guys that I've seen in so long, as far as like how symbiotic they are on the court with how they play with one another. Like uh, it, quickly, uh, let's just, I may as well just take it to quickly now too. I mean, quickly at 16 points, uh, he had a fantastic offensive game, six of 11 shooting mm-hmm. three of six from three. Um, one or two from the free throw line, he, but he made the only one that mattered. He made the first of his two yeah. with about <laughs> 10 seconds yes. left to put the Knicks up by five, which was more than enough that they needed, you know, to, to you know, finish this game off. Um, and yeah, I thought that quickly was just fantastic as well. To your point, really crushed it on the defensive end too. And mm-hmm. I thought that he was doing every, all the quickly things that you love to see uh, in this game. And, hopefully setting the tone for a six man of the year case going down the stretch he's, of the season. He's good. He's really good. Emmanuel quickly so good. And I feel like we're not seeing the full Emmanuel quickly game because he's really bought into like this is my role right now. Like I'm doing the six man stuff and I'm just gonna lock everyone down. He's bought in and it's great to watch, but you know he's capable of more too, which is which I think is the crazy part in all of this. Yeah, it's like crazy. He's not good. He's not yeah. good. Yeah, it's like crazy and like, I, I, but I don't find myself yearning for more at the moment. Like I do kind of just love what he's settled into now at this point, which is to say not, it's not even like before where he felt kind of marginalized where you were like, oh, mm-hmm. I think he's maybe capable of more or almost for sure capable of more. But like the frustrating part is that he'll be showing these awesome traits and only getting like, mm-hmm. like. 14 minutes at a game you know and, and you're just yeah, kind of now like, that he's now that he's getting burned it's it's more palatable because it's like all right he's he's on the court which is ultimately what we were all asking for is like just yeah. just play him he's really good at basketball just play him and it's finally happening and <laughs> and in this one he really got i mean he got the third most minutes on the team after yeah randall and brunson in this game he ends with 29 38 uh, compared to RJ Barrett at 2736. Uh you had Grimes only at 2045 in this game and Josh Hart with 2725. So I mean yeah. he was he he was right there like with the the top two guys on the team uh, as the only other guy to get almost 30 minutes in this game. So it was a, a pretty fantastic, I mean, just start to the the fourth quarter of the season, uh Drew. We've taken to calling it that instead of the second half, because it's disingenuous to call this a half of the season. It really is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, the NFL ruined it. The NFL ruined it by pushing the Super Bowl back a week and making All-Star Weekend having to be a, another week later. But anyway, uh, I, yeah, absolutely wild. Uh, you know what we've got? We may as, I may as well just get the the final, uh, get to the final break here. And I do want to talk about Jalen Brunson in just a moment, though, and the impact that he had on this game. Mitchell Robinson's return and how encouraging that was to see him. We got Cornrow Mitch uh, mm-hmm. making his debut today, and that was fantastic. But you know what? I want to revisit Julius Randle for just a moment because I have to real quick issue this week's Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week. Brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And... Julius Randle is the player of the week. 46 points. I mean, the also the only all-star on the team, much to our chagrin. No mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Brunson. So really, the only guy that's gotten to see action in the last week, other than uh, Grimes in the Rising Stars and Sims in the dunk contest. But we did give 
Uh, Grimes, a Nissan Player of the Week earlier this week as well for his performance in the Rising Stars game. So, Julius, it's, it's all his. And, I mean, Julius in this game was electric. You want to talk about electric? Yeah. I mean, that second quarter was like just an absolute shot in the arm for the Knicks. He was brilliantly fierce attacking Kristaps Porzingis, fiercely elegant getting to the hoop and finishing there, and stunningly and elegantly powerful. Got to say, with the way that he was utilizing his strength and those extra 10 pounds he has on a guy six inches taller than him. Mm-hmm. And it, he really delivers on duality. He's got a combination of fierceness and elegance. Beautiful, but strong. That's that's the way to describe Julius Randle's game and the way to describe the 2023 <laughs> Nissan Aria, of course. So the 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. It's the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, we're back to continue talking about this great Knicks win. And Drew, man, I was just thinking about it uh, while delivering that amazing Julius. You were were thinking about driving in that Nissan Aria. I was thinking about driving in that Nissan Aria, and it just got me thinking, like, man, (laughs) How about the resilience of the Knicks in this game, man? Like, yeah. to come back from 19 down, I kind of love – do you remember back, like, a year ago? I guess probably the prime time for this would be, like, three years ago uh, when the fake comebacks were just running wild. <laughs> and the Knicks would find themselves in these, like, 19-point holes all the time, except for then they would get within, like, three points, like, six times during the game and never quite have enough juice to get over the hump. No. And – it is. I'm just. I feel so appreciative right now for the fact that they're able to to win these sort of games and that they can be in a 19 point hole in the first quarter, and I can still feel pretty good about them coming back and winning these games. Because to your point, in that first quarter, they really didn't do anything wrong. Like they were playing pretty good defense. There's a mm-hmm. couple lapses here and there. Mitch was working a little bit of rust out and stuff like that. But man, like. I, I loved the effort defensively from the team in this game. And I loved that they were able to just buckle down and weather the storm of that huge deficit early. It was great. It, it really was. Cause like in the, I was like in the first quarter, it was pretty much, there was like a down part where I'm like watching the first quarter and I'm like, Oh great. Like this is a terrible way to start off <laughs> the game, the week off. I was like, God damn, like Porzingis does look good. <laughs> just, like, I was just like, I, like it was just all not working. And then, yeah, they they were just like, yeah, no, we we need to start playing. And then they finally picked it up. And the Wizards also picked it up too, which was nice. It, so it was like a nice game. So it was just like a nice game to enjoy. But yeah, I'm just not used to seeing the Knicks flip on a switch or mm-hmm. just like instantly change in a way. And it's bizarre. It's so like like they look like oh good team mm-hmm. you know like it you, they look like a team that's like oh they're they have the better record they're the better team they, they're the more talented team and they just won yeah. and we're not used to that like at least i'm not like i'm not used to that no <laughs> and it's mix. and and it's nice seeing i mean they're they're creating some distance in the standings now too already yeah. like one game out of the all-star break and already they just added a game on the heat they I believe picked up a game on the Cavs in this one for the four seed uh, and are only like, I think 
three games away from them potentially. And I'm sure we'll also pick up a game on the Nets. Uh, I don't think the Nets played tonight or perhaps. No, they did. And they were losing. They were losing. Okay. So they might pick up a game on the Nets as well. I mean, things are looking awesome right now. It's very weird uh, being in the driver's seat here uh, this late in the season. But another guy that really increases that outlook is Mitchell Robinson, who made his, his Mm -hmm. much awaited return. I was, I, it brought me so much joy seeing him back on the floor again. Like, I missed him. I love how Mitchell Robinson has played this year. And honestly, I've always been a huge Mitch guy. Like, even when he's had his issues in previous seasons, like, that's one guy on the Knicks that I've just, like, always Yo, I was, with. I was so ready to trade him. I wanted him out. Yeah, I remember. You and you and Schwinn and some others were not. <laughs> exactly. Not like, get him much, out of here. Yeah, not very much out. on the Mitch train. And. I always held out, man. I was always like, I think he's got it. I think that I think he's going to figure this out. And I, he looked really good for a guy that was just coming back from a 14 game absence. Highest plus minus on the team with a plus 13 in this game. Uh, he ends so the plus minus plus plus minus plus, as Clyde might say, the, the greatest advanced stat in Clyde's repertoire, the plus minus. That's right. <laughs> I, I always love when he's like, you see the advanced stats, Mike. Do you have yeah. plus minus now? Uh, anyway, Breen needs to re- Breen. Oh, hold on, I know this is what Breen needs to relax on the defensive rating stuff. Yeah, because, like, I like that. Like it's great propaganda and everything, but the stat he's specifically citing is just like what the Knicks' defensive rating is when Emmanuel quickly's on the court. Yeah, like it's like it's not like quickly's rating, but I, I love the propaganda though. Where Mike's every time like his defense is great. He has the best defensive rating. It's like yeah. It's not right, but I'll keep. I'll, I'll let you slide. Uh, yeah, it's it's okay. That, that's still the most advanced stat that he and Clyde use. And yeah, no, they're using defensive rating and plus minus. Like, yeah, it's amazing. It's just really funny. But anyway, Mitchell Robinson makes his makes his valiant return. Ten points, twelve boards, a steal, a block, and I like for his, like Hartenstein was pretty good off the bench too. Like to give him credit at least on the rebounding department you know so like that was that's the part where you miss Mitch the most normally but Hartenstein also had 10 rebounds in this game but Mitch it's just different like Mm -hmm. the way that he rebounds the way that he can take whole players out of the game I mean there was once again you know you had a guy in this game that has been a nemesis of his at times and Daniel Gafford complete non-factor like Gafford winds up only playing 12 minutes in this game. Yeah, got to a lot of foul trouble. Yeah, had four personal fouls, was just not doing super great. But Porzingis, too, like at times, Mitch was kind of his like rebounding assignment and Mitch was keeping him off the glass. I mean, there was not a single player on the Wizards that ended with more than seven rebounds. And that was Denny Avdia. Uh, and the Knicks out rebounded them 43 to 34. Like that's just. That's the Mitch effect in a nutshell to me. He just boxes mm-hmm. out everybody. He's going to gobble up so many offensive rebounds himself or clear the way for someone else to get an offensive rebound, whether it's Randall or whether it's, you know, Josh Hart or whoever. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, I was so happy seeing him back on the floor and happy to see that, like, played 28 minutes in this game, didn't really seem to skip a beat uh, and seemed like he's in really good, really good shape coming off the injury. Seems like yeah. he was keeping up with running and everything. I mean, I loved how Mitch played in this game. It's great. It, it's great to have him back. It's it's such a relief. 
because it's not like you don't have faith in Sims, but because like Sims is like a good backup, but it's just so much more secure knowing that like, all right, it's Mitch and Hartenstein now who's finally starting to play better after having pretty rough like first half of the year. But they, but then they, then he also said he had like back spasm. What was the issue with heart? He had like a back issue, so maybe he's finally healthy. That's why he looks better. Like I don't, I don't know. But it's nice to finally have like a right. 48 minutes center play is going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't have to worry about it whatsoever. And given how the Knicks run their offense, it's they do exactly what they need to do. It's perfect. So it's 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 refreshing. It's there's another. It's just refreshing to have a position completely locked down for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. I loved speaking of offense as well. Just seeing Mitch get back right back in the flow of being like the the dunker spot guy and mm-hmm. absolutely taking advantage of that a few times in this game on his way to that double double probably my favorite one was seeing josh hart find mitch at one point like freaking love that that is that is like one of my favorite things to see because i think those two are going to make such a good combination for the Randall's pass to end the game yes to mitch was real nice that was <laughs> that fantastic was a, that was a dime yeah yeah, the the one where Randall was just like smothered and and managed to find Mitch there, just kind of hanging right under the hoop. Yeah, no, that was that was that was a crazy pass. Fantastic. I mean, I so happy to see Mitchell Robinson back. So happy after not getting to see him in the All Star game to see Jalen Brunson back on the floor as well. Uh, I thought Brunson didn't have his best game, mostly just because shots weren't falling, but the process was still there. I don't know if he was just a little rusty. It seemed like. The the refs were swallowing their whistles a lot in this game too. I think I thought Avdia did a pretty good job defending him. Yeah, Avdia also did a pretty decent job. Yeah, I, I thought the Wizards did a decent job defending him, and it's like mm-hmm. it was the one thing I kind of got. It's like watching this game. Like I'm not really worried about Brunson, but like I was thinking like, oh, like if Denny Avdia is giving him a little trouble. Like I'm just afraid that someone who's like longer and better defensively, but Avdia is pretty good on defense, so it's not like. Insane, but it was just it was just a little nervous <laughs> about that because of Brunson's height. And I was like, oh no, it's the first time I felt nervous of Brunson's height. But they also let them play. They also let, really let them play physically. So he was get he he would have been to the line probably like three or four more times if this was like a regular game. Where yeah. like they're actually getting whistles. So that probably would have been a little better for him to get into the flow. But yeah, he was fine. He made he made, he made it the basket when it counted with that insane layup where he maybe traveled, but I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and there was like a truly, at least to me, crazy low amount of free throws in this game too, like overall. So yeah, they were I, definitely letting them play. Like Yeah, no, they were they were really like Brunson was getting bumped a lot. And mm-hmm. like because he does like this thing where like he beats a defender to the spot so he can go up and get the foul call. Because he's basically taught his whole life, like, hey, if you beat the player to the spot and you go up, you get the foul call. Like, it's a foul. Mm-hmm. Like, you did everything right. The refs were just letting him play, which stopped. But eh, yeah. they were they were pretty even keeled the entire uh, game about it. So I can't get too mad. Like it, so. Yeah, it was at least consistent. Like the Knicks had mm-hmm. 16 free throw attempts. The Wizards had 12. So it's like, yeah, they just they just kept it very like, yeah, no, we're like, we're not we're not calling it. And that's all you can ever really ask for, right? Like, I will say I did even notice, even though I was watching it from just a Knicks fan perspective and being like, come on. Like, are you going to call the foul on Brunson? Are you going to call the foul that they just did on Randall? Like, so on and Mm -hmm. so forth. Like, 
there was a part of me too though that was noticing like yeah okay actually like randall and tibbs and brunson and like all these guys are not getting super like annoyed at this which should which should tell me like okay maybe these refs are actually kind of calling this down the middle like this is this is nothing to really worry about, I guess. Like I agree. Yeah. I, I I think it was just one of those they were just like, now we're like we're not calling this right now. Like we have yeah. to keep it that way. I thought they did a good job. Yeah. Like the the Knicks tend to get more PO'd when it's like like they're getting like twenty less free throw attempts than the other team. Yes. Like yes. against like against like the Kyrie and KD nets or something, like they would always like just be getting way less free throw attempts. And it would just be like Come on, like, it, why is it a foul on this end but not on this end? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like just show a little consistency. So that I will give the rest props. Like, even though they it, they let kind of a rough game play out, I thought that they they did a pretty decent job calling it down the middle. At any rate, hopefully that explains away some of Brunson's misses because I do think that he got kind of bumped on a number of shots that he would have normally gotten free throws for. Yeah, but he 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 also missed a couple of, like shots. Like he missed like he a missed, wide yeah. open pull up. He missed a uh, he missed a couple layups. Like he missed the offensive rebound, like mm-hmm. wide open kick out three. Like there's certain shots that like no, he has to make and he didn't yeah. make them. But like whatever. He created. I remember one. I think it was in the fourth quarter. One like really nice righty layup he created, and he had every opportunity to make that, and it just didn't go in. Yeah, um, so there's a few of those. It's some, some nights it's just not going to work out. But he did make the one that really mattered, which right. was the lefty layup with. Like I think that was with about twenty something seconds left uh, to put yeah, the next up. And thing is completely extended too. Like it, yeah, it was a wild shot. Just put it as high as humanly possible off the glass <laughs> and in uh, when the Knicks needed it the most because they were tied up at that moment. And if they had missed that, the Wizards definitely had some momentum. And it seemed like mm-hmm. like Beal had just hit a three to tie things up. And it seemed like things were not going to go great uh, if he had not. Yeah, made that was the shot. miscommunication between Randall and uh. Mitch, yeah, where Beal on the just, switch like, wide open, yeah. So, yeah, once again, Brunson comes through. He he doesn't necessarily have his craziest statistical game of the year, but he does come through. And I think that's basically oh, except for RJ. You know, Drew. Let me uh, since we're starting to run towards you know a l- little longer on time right now. I'm going to give you the floor. Like, tell me what you thought about RJ's game. 14 points overall. Uh, ends up shooting 50. percent uh, mm-hmm. After having a pretty rough first half, so I, I let me see first half numbers. He shot one of five for only three points, so he winds up getting twelve points in the second half and putting together a, a pretty solid second half, even if the sub patterns didn't necessarily favor him in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about RJ's game coming out of the break here? It was nice to see him play defense in the uh, the first half. Like the shot wasn't falling, but. He was passing the ball. He was not forcing up shots. And he played defense. Like, he made a couple of really good defensive plays. He made some good passes. Can't get mad. But, right? It's just one of those things where, like, it sucks to see him struggle. But it still fundamentally comes down to is, is he playing defense? And is he passing the ball if he does not getting, like, the advantage on the drive? Which he did. So, mm-hmm. it's he's fine. Right? Like, it, you just kind of have to think of it that way like i understand the frustration where he's not like doing 20 consistently because it's rather inconsistent i i don't i don't really care too much if mm-hmm. offense isn't always falling i just always care like are you trying on defense and i also and i think that's the most important thing because the next like 
they have enough offensive players to make up for the fact that like like Brunson was off, RJ was relatively off, but like Randall can go like <laughs> nuclear and then they win the game because they have enough supporting cast for the most part. So yeah, it's just like okay, he, he just try. Yeah. Right? We're, we're at the just try part. It's sad that we're this low, but that's where we're at right now. And he did that, and I'm happy. So, silver lining. Yeah, I actually, one play, I guess if I was going to give one standout play from this game, one of the main complaints with RJ a lot of times when he's not playing at his best lately is the fact that he doesn't keep his head up in transition and sometimes seems... And he did that a lot more, yes. Yeah, like he seems so like dead set on like, I'm just going to do this, even if it's mm-hmm. like three on one and the one is on me, I'm going to still go for the attempt myself regardless. In this game had just an, a gorgeous dime to Quentin Grimes and mm-hmm. Grimes got to sort of uh, reenact his uh, rising stars game role a little bit and like got out and got to hit a sick transition dunk uh, yeah. that really was a, a big like tone shifter in the beginning of the the second half there. So RJ was responsible for that as well as Grimes. I thought that was a great play between them and Mm -hmm. probably my favorite RJ play of the game. Just like, again, it's the little things right now. Like you're trying to kind of like recalibrate him. He seems, he seemed like he was getting a little too much. I don't know if it's, if you want to say it's like in his own head or just, that's kind of what it it seems like. It seems like he's in his own head. He's not playing well guarantee there's an element of like he's feeling left out and left behind mm-hmm. right now because like quickly's playing really well randall's playing really well brunson's playing really well bitch is playing really well right mm-hmm. and it's just like grimes is final is is you know getting the praise that he deserves it's like well, where's rj and it's like well rj's still working on decision making <laughs> right? and it's like come on like he it, he's probably frustrated but i it just with all Tibbs teams, uh, it's try on defense and everything will turn around, right? Like mm-hmm. everything turns around if you're doing that and passing the ball. That's exactly what RJ did. And if he keeps that up, he'll bring in the uh, the good vibes and then the shot will start falling. Well, and here's hoping that there's just good vibes all around for the Knicks going forward. Drew, thanks so much for joining me and talking through this first Next game after the all-star break. Very happy it was a win because yes. Gavin and I specifically planned this week around like having the episode come out on Saturday because we wanted to talk about the game. And if uh if this has ended up being a, a loss, this would have been a much less fun pod to do together. But I'm glad we got to talk said. about this win together. Do you have anything you want to like promote or anything before uh before I let you go? Uh no, I'm just gonna promote the Yankees and the uh the the MoMA mm. shout out both the Yankees and the MoMA. Cool. Yeah. I, I, Drew just made a, a trip down to New York City uh, last week and got to, well, went you got to, to the, experience, experience the MoMA. Went back right? to the motherland and it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> well, I, I felt so alive. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. You came back to where you should be. All right. Uh, but anyway, This is it for this episode of Locked on Knicks. We'll have more for you guys next week. Now that the Knicks are back to playing basketball, things should be a lot more interesting down this playoff push here. That was a grueling all-star week where we had to come up with things to talk about for a week. Uh, But thank you all for listening. Lots of great stuff to come. But until next time, we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.